Why is it not monitoring? Except your piece off. Oh, shoot. It's not plugged in. It's not plugged into your headphones. It's a little bit. Wow, I'm, I'm really smart. You are smart. I'm a smart boy. Okay, so um, let's talk about y'all had okay. thoughts about the literature stuff before we dive into the episode. Was that was that the oh I was like was that the intro? <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> no. Uh, so. Cold open. I have thoughts, of course, but uh, I wouldn't. Thinking about it and brainstorming and stuff, as y'all did. Are we doing yeah, the... I <laughs> yeah, did yeah. that. Uh, Do you guys have thoughts about the whole uh, literature thing off the bat that you wanted to share? Because um, I have some, like, entry ways. What was the process again? Um, so, why literature is important to culture. Because we've oh. talked a lot about books and literature and stuff. Well, and then, we need to talk about how literature is indicative of the culture of the time. Like, looking back through history. Yeah. That's true. So. Yeah, because like uh, Booker T. Washington, Dude. looking back in his day, it's uh, the culture there is a lot different than it is now. Yeah, it's very personal because it's a person writing these things, right? You know, it's not just some machine or just spontaneously generating, right? It's a person writing I've, these things through their own experiences. Most, and most, so. most books and stories written are by people and not machines. No, he does make an interesting point, though. I know, right? It's not just no history book ever written is written by someone who's not biased or has their own That's personal true. experiences that are feeding into things. Yeah, so there's no like, um, just a purely factual yeah. historical account. Anything, any part of literature reveals something about the mindset yeah. of a person. For better and for worse, like it's not just the facts. Like, oh, there was this thing in the culture at this time. It's like, oh, we experienced this. This is what we thought about it. Yeah. It's not just, hey, there was, you know, there was educational issues in the African-American community, right, after slavery was abolished, right? But Booker right. T. Washington was talking about how it, like, the effects, the ramifications, like, yeah. all of the things about it. Like, that's important. Yeah. You know, and you don't get that from just the bare bones, bum, 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 these are the facts yeah. kind of thing. So I, I wrote down just, like, a few topics that we branching off of this that we can look into about literature and stuff. First of all, just um, the exchange of ideas, just how cultures communicate with each other, and just why people write so much literature, like in it, going back to Mesopotamia. Um, that whole exchanging ideas, um, scientific and artistic, um, also just uh, language being the, the two main uh, verbal foundations um, of any culture, and in fact, like, not just verbal, but the foundations are language and mythology. You know, your language is the way you categorize things, the way you think about things, the way your thoughts come out, every language is different, you know, when we translate from English to Latin, we're not just, it's not just this code, this means this, yeah. this means this. Yeah, from German to English, it's, it may seem like a crazy person, yeah. but it actually is just how German is. Or yeah, maybe like, you're reading Mein Kampf. Okay, Maybe, listen, and then Mein Kampf, is actually a crazy person. Okay, Mein Kampf is actually a compounding issue because German is a rambling language translated to English. And also we have the literal rantings of a madman written down in German. So yes. that exponentially makes it more rambling of five. Yes, right? <laughs> rambling of five. It's very strange. It's very yeah. interesting. It's, it's, but we and see, then also yeah. each person translating has kind of their own 
almost way of translating it too. Like the four right. of us, when we translate Latin, none of us come up with the same yeah. thing. Yeah, Some I mean, of Osborne, that is just due to mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Osborne, finds Osborne has like the poetry right. version of it. Whereas like <laughs> I Alex, have, me, and like, you, we have more literal. I have like the caveman version of it. <laughs> I have the, the like the not version of yeah, it. Yeah, sub, sub, sub caveman version. <laughs> and then I've got you like, have the hieroglyphics that no one can read. Yeah. <laughs> I have kind of the literal translation, like what the words literally translate to, which comes off as a bit off sometimes. They fled so. at first light instead of at dawn. Like that. Well, I, I use at dawn, but like. No. Yeah, like uh, other things for Latin. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. We use, we use an old Latin book and it's got some. Got some weird stuff in it. It's very Catholic. Yeah. And then yeah. also just also regarding literature, the the other founding thing behind any culture is the mythology. Mm-hmm. And by that I don't just mean, you know. Um like the Greeks. Like I don't mean fake stories. Right. Like, I mean the stories that they believe are true. Because we think we look at like weird creation stories like, oh, we all come like the Greeks, we all come from the earth and mm-hmm. earth is this god. God, uh, goddess that we all come from. It was interesting. And that it's like, and why like, why have picked yeah. that weird story? Like, that doesn't make any sense. They're so ignorant back then, but it actually just shapes their Stupid entire way freaks. that they view humanity. And so yeah. their actions in all of life are affected by the fact, okay, we are children of the Earth, um, of Mother Earth, and um, the implications of that. Um, and so any of those weird mythology stories, are they're weird to us because we're like, you know, why would you pick something so random? But it's not random, it's actually a... Uh, it's based off their observations, yeah, which is pretty interesting. Because, yeah. I mean, we return to the Earth whenever we die, so why shouldn't we have yeah. come from the Earth? Like, right, they didn't they didn't know any other theory besides, oh, right. maybe we came from the Earth. Like, uh, who was the guy who believed everything was made of water in some oh, capacity? Right. Um, the one that just Parmenides. Yeah, 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 yeah. I because it exists in three forms. Yep. Like, yeah, and that seems weird to us until you actually look at the fact that, yeah. okay, he was actually thinking about this. Really okay, well. we drink water, we expel water, maybe we're made of water, right? That based on the observations yeah. of the time, that was the most advanced the fact theory that it takes three different forms. Yeah. Also, are we like doing the episode right now? Or? Sure. No, well, we're just talking about like we're, we're laying the foundation. Oh, I got yeah. you. No, we, and from the mythology and stuff. We got good stuff. We're Come, recording. Yeah. We are recording. We're recording. Oh, okay. So, we can look back, and if yeah, yeah. we want, yeah. we can actually use some of this. Yeah. Well, we can just we can just throw an intro on. I'll just have to take out my offensive comments about Greek. Okay. Well, I ha- we you can go into each of these topics. Just, just said stupid so things. just exchange of ideas, and then also how literature is uh, uh, the significance of literature today in this era of globalization and individualism, and how that is different and just boxed off. So, that, those are the topics I had in mind, mm-hmm. so we can go into those. Yeah. I want to hear what all your thoughts are. Um, um, I think we kind of gave our thoughts, like, as we were all yeah. talking. Yeah. I, I think, really think, well, no, if you have any more. Since we're recording now, we may as well. All right, we can just dive into the episode here, yeah, and then but we'll go through each of these. Yeah. We also have to talk about, because we have all of those other things beforehand, but we also have to talk about why people make it in the now. Why do people write so much right. literature now? Like, yeah, why is there so true. much fiction why is there so much uh, historical it's, things? It's, it's this different, like global culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we have become more individualistic, but then also there's this globalization stuff. Yeah, we have all these fictional books being written. You know, the 1619 Project, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're getting political here. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's start with the intro. Hello, and welcome to the Zoomer Breakdown Podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Alex. I'm Osborne. And I'm Jaden. Today, we have been talking about uh, why we, as people, make literature and why it's important to our culture and the cultures of the world. Yeah, the topic came up um, from a listener, I believe. Yes. Thank you, valued listener. Thank you, valued listener. I didn't forget about your idea. Um, The question was brought up since we have talked a lot about specific books, of uh, works of literature, books and things. Um, the question was asked, so why is literature important to culture? Why is, why are, why are, why do all these books matter to our culture and uh, to our approach to culture? Um, so it's a really good question because um, literature overall does, has, um, for all of time, played significant impact in all cultures. Um, or at least all the um, uh, long-lasting cultures and the ones that uh, made the most impact in world mm-hmm. history. Um, and, and I mean, even going all the way back to the Bible, why do we as Christians um, have uh, literature behind uh, our beliefs? Why do we have written scripture? Why do we have a written word? Why do all, uh, all the pagan cultures as well have uh, literature backing them up? Why do atheists and ag- agnostics and whoever else have... Uh, works of literature backing them up why do we today in this uh, more globalized age have a very still have a very broad even broader uh, exchange of literature and at a much faster pace yeah um, we, so we had, just had a few thoughts um you're about to say something no i'm rudely interrupting you i already done okay you're done okay so i um i had a few ideas of things we could go down to just as i was thinking about this just um, thinking about the foundations of culture and just uh, why cultures are set up in such a way as to make literature such a um, widespread thing. I mean, obviously, some cultures are uh, less literate than others. Um, it's <laughs> same gasps in offense. No, I'm I take saying, offense to that. I'm saying historically. Um, yeah. It's just there. There have been some cultures that uh, maybe have relied on uh, verbal storytelling. It's interesting because those things are lost. If they, yeah. if the culture is either that or gone. word of mouth has carried them, and like the game of telephone, it's changed a lot. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's interesting because like a lot of Native American cultures have very strong oral traditions, and since sure. we have a lot of those preserved today, we still have a lot of those you know stories and myths and all of those legends. But a lot of other ones did not. Like a lot of other cultures that are not present today had word of mouth traditions that are now gone. So right, uh, we just simply don't have a way of looking at that. Yeah. So the written one just kind of is a way of preserving certain aspects of culture and communicating different things. Um, so, I mean, I, I would say that the two, um, in my mind, the two most fundamental uh, foundations to any culture would be the language and uh, the, the mythology, the mythos. Um, the language being, you know, as we probably talked before with like Latin, 
Um, it's not just a different way of saying things. It's a different way of thinking about things. Um, Don't mind the children. There's background noise. Upstairs. We're in my basement today. I'm so yeah. yeah, a new basement. Whoa. New basement. Recording. Yeah. It's also more background noise, more Legos. More Legos. More Legos. More Legos. Yes. And as we talked about earlier, kind of recapping just real quick, uh, a Just the Facts perspective, like think a history book or something, does not give the depth and personal experience that literature does. Like we talked about Booker T. Washington, for example. You know, you could read in a history book, hey, their education suffered for the African-American community after they were freed from slavery, right? But like Booker T. Washington stuff really showed how much, from a personal viewpoint, how much they were affected by that. And it provides two entirely different things. One is so much more in-depth and emotional. Personal, yeah. Yeah, and we we lose that if we don't have a literature about it. I mean, the facts can only take you so far. Right. Um, Yeah, and no one has their own... I mean, that's true individually as well as culturally, uh, large-scale cultures as well. Um, If you think about just... Um, I mean, like, like I said, the language, the different way of thinking about things. Everyone just has different uh, cultural priorities, you could say. You know, like, things that come to your mind first. Um, you know, there are words that just simply don't exist in other languages yeah. because they just have no purpose for them. They don't think about those sorts of things. I think in some uh, Caribbean language, I think there's this there's a word... Uh, for measuring time that literally means the time it takes to eat a banana and it's like it's weird to us because we don't use that at all but like in in that culture that's something that they think about and it's just not something that comes to our mind in our culture or like they have words for things that or like they don't have words for things that maybe weren't invented at the time the language was made right exactly like translating latin yeah. What's TV in Latin, guys? I don't, yeah. I don't remember that word. Literally Hard. nothing. Mm. And it's interesting because English has grafted other languages' words into our lexicon. I mean, right. I can think of two German words off the top of my head. So we got zeitgeist, which literally means spirit of the time. Yeah. It's like the zeitgeist to the roaring 20s. You have pictures of speakeasies, flappers, all those things. That's the zeitgeist, right? right? And schadenfreude, which you guys have heard, right? Oh, uh, yeah. It's taking pleasure in suffering. So yeah, I think AFV is just shocking for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's interesting because we don't have words for those, but other cultures do, as you said. So whenever we translate other languages into English, they have entirely different tones, right? A more emotional right. or romantic language might have such an emphasis on uh, the emotions or the feel of something. While something other like more maybe French. Exactly. While other more literal ones might have very minute details or strange words that we don't have in English that mean very specific feelings and ideas. Right. Yeah, so like when you see the things where people run like a song through Google Translate mm-hmm. through a bunch of different languages, obviously Google Translate isn't the greatest translator mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. But even but if it was, it would come back with quite a bit of change. Yeah, yeah, whenever you try to run it through all these different languages that have these different meanings for words, it makes sense that it would get completely taken out of context, especially whenever you're using like AI that isn't, it, you don't have like the discernment to say, okay, mm-hmm. maybe even though it literally means this, maybe they were meaning a little more like this. Like right. Osborne does with his Latin, where it sounds <laughs> nice and flowery. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's like Alex and I have almost the Google Translate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're the Google Translate. Yeah. And 
I'm yep. Google Translate translated through like Korean. Yeah, Korean, Japanese, Japanese Russian, Chinese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's <laughs> trip trying to read my own handwriting. I, I understand <laughs> your guys' pain because I have to read it out loud and realize what did I do. Yeah, but also in, in the the spirit of cultural priorities, language is very fundamental, but also um, founding stories and uh, mythologies. Um, the mythos behind a culture is very, very important. Um, and myths aren't, uh, historically have not met what they uh, mean today. Myth, myths doesn't mean like, you, know, you think Mythbusters or something like that, where it's like this this uh, um, legend or this, this fable that um, most likely does not exist and is just kind of this, it's like fantasy fiction. Um, that Loch Ness sort of thing. Monster. Yeah, it's like, okay, under scrutiny, but... Um, no, that's not what myth means historically. It's it's a founding story. It's a story that on which a certain worldview or philosophy or culture is built on. Like so the you, Greeks, for yeah, example. Yeah. Think, think about the Greeks. Um, and they have tons of weird stuff in their mythologies. And we're like, yeah, why would you why stuff. would you believe that? Um, you know, the earth was a mother and the sky yeah, was a father. Exactly, the gods or something. So we're like we're children of Mother Earth, and like what's what's that Scare about? more graphic examples I can go to that are actually better examples but are not mm-hmm. good to like, say on this podcast. We'll, we'll, just sum it up <laughs> in, we'll sum it up in one word. Zeus. That's <laughs> Zeus. Yeah. That, is, that is all. Yes, yeah. But I, that's I mean, the yeah. weird and wacky adventures of Zeus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's that, not a movie you want to show your kids. Yeah. It's based <laughs> on, no, as no. I said earlier, <laughs> rated a R. Okay, yeah. So, uh, the point being that different mythologies and different founding stories um, yeah. and do shape if, the way that cultures think. And, and looking back things. today, we can understand, like, from our perspective, it seems absolutely stupid that somebody would believe that. Yeah. But coming from their time, they were just making educated guesses from what they saw. Yeah, yeah and it's it's not like we're like, oh, you obviously yeah. didn't know enough about this, and they're, they're making scientific conclusions about how the world existed. We, we, we come from a very scientific, um, or I should say scientifically um, exclusive. Advanced. No, not just advanced, I'd say exclusive, because the Greeks were very scientifically advanced at their time, and they were a very scientific culture. The difference is, though, that they did not separate of science from mm-hmm. uh, sp- spiritual matters. They firmly believed in s- spiritual matters as well. Yeah, and they believed that different things, uh, spiritual things, affected physical things, which honestly is spirit- a more accurate view. Mm-hmm. Even if they got specifics wrong, it's a, a more accurate wrong, view. Yeah. Um, it's now not like science, we're doing a ton better in our culture. Now science, now is, science is, the, it yeah. is the spiritual thing. It is the spiritual yeah. The, which is, the, materialism yeah, was not a thing in uh, Greek culture because they believed in gods and they believed... Um, in just the wrong spiritual ones. forces that move things, yep. um, which I mean, as Christians, we do believe that spiritual forces do move matters in the physical realm as well. Um, it's so but it's it's a very different, very different mindset from our modern materialist culture. It's so much easier to um, go from other religions to Christianity, yeah. from atheism to yeah. Christianity, because at least we have some base. Okay, the world was created. We can actually see that. We can that yeah right there um, is a higher power you know yeah so we do have to stretch our modern minds a little bit like but when, to, like when paul was reaching out to the greeks they were very open to the idea yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, mainly it, it, in it, athens it, it, i think yeah they had a yeah. temple dedicated to the one god right 
Yeah, to an unknown god. This is a whole tangent. We're like falling down tangents right now. Anyway, literature. Yeah. Yeah. So as it relates to literature, um, even if you look at like the transition of the Greek gods to uh, Roman mythology, like it just takes on a very different role. You know, the Greeks were a lot more. um, Even the Spartans, they had a lot more class to them. They had a lot more uh, deeper sense of beauty and a deeper sense of. Um, a little more on the artistic side. They're a little more on the artistic side. Ro- the Romans, they took the more flowery names of the Greek gods, and they changed the characteristics somewhat of the gods, even though they were kind of the same, and then they changed their names as well into the uh, Latin language. And Latin is a lot more militaristic. It's a lot more structured, um, structured and ranked, uh, which is different from Greek, and uh, that fits the Roman culture. I mean... Studying Latin history along with um, Latin itself, we've come to realize just how um, how much like a an army, a military unit, the language is. You know, everything is, has its place. Everything is you know, ordered and uh, I think you know r- ranked. Like I said, and, and it just very... shapes their mindset that way. And their gods, their mythologies were also very based around something more military. Instead of yeah. Ares, you have Mars. Um, even going for just the more flowery uh, sounds, Names. yeah, the sound, and word sounds. to something that's more hard and structured from it's Athena almost got, to Minerva, and it's you know, almost it's, got stronger consonants. Exactly, exactly. It's names. it's just part of the whole. Like from Zeus mm-hmm. to Jupiter. Yep, yep. It's actually interesting uh, talking about this because I'm in a show called Hunchback of Notre Dame, and the Catholic Church for Latin uses different pronunciations than regular right. Latin. And it's interesting because it's softer. They use Ecclesiastes. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. They use softer ones. Yeah. Instead of hard C's, they use ch's a lot more time. Like, yes. they use CH vowels instead of, yep. like, if there's a C and then a diphthong. So instead of, uh, what is it, pakim, right, which is a hard-sounding right. thing, right. they use pachem for yeah. peace, which yeah. is interesting. It's yep. very, very different. They pronounce these. They do all of these other Which things. is a lot more fitting for the Catholic idea of peace. I know because that's in, true. In Christianity, yeah. peace you have something that's a lot more softer. Whereas in Latin, you have yeah, it's pox, pocus, and that's where you can get uh, get away with uh, the pox romana because yeah. it's it's the peace that's forced. You know, you're, yeah. there's even a word pacify. that literally means to pacify, and yeah. it can be used to like subjugate, yeah. conquer, or kill. It literally means like to dominate. Passi- yeah, to dominate them. So the pox romana <laughs> under. Uh, Caesar Augustus. Yeah, it's like the domination yeah. of Rome over their foes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so it if, you so, worse, if right? you're trying to translate like pacified in the English sense to the Latin sense, then you're going to get a completely different yep. meaning because they're pacified is a forcible pacification. Yep. Yeah, pacified. <laughs> and ours is like, no, oh, we're just going to yep. all be all happy and. Yeah, even like moving it to English, which is a direct derivative from the Latin. Yeah, the word peace is just that the the very sound of that just feels peaceful. It's just it's softer, it's gentle, and it's not pox pockets. It's like okay, it's a fake peace. Yeah, it's it's a strong. (laughs) It's like peace in quotation marks. Almost a strained peace. Yeah, yeah. Force peace. We're not even going to talk about German (laughs) because my goodness. So yeah, so um. Going from that into literature, um, literature since like the time of Mesopotamia in written in uh, linguistic cultures that have used the written word, it's a way of exchanging ideas. And someone has this idea, this philosophy, this 
vision for something, whether it's you know artistic or it's uh, you know more philosophical or scientific even. <laughs> Same, just punching is uh, stressful. <laughs> yeah. YouTube and watch put it that way. Uh, we are all very distracted right now. Yeah, because we're, we're surrounded by Legos and Sam is playing with this big um, It's one of those like rubber tentacle yeah, yeah. stress balls that's it's so fun. <laughs> he got it for his birthday. I know. Yes. I'm it's, like it's a I very turned, Sam thing. Yeah. I turned seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I got a little squishy ball for the Dollar Tree. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so the uh, literature is used by people who want to share their ideas with culture, and literature is affected by you know the language. The language used is a huge thing, um, and also just the the background uh, philosophy is uh, in the person's head. And so culturally, you know, the literature is very different. You can tell just by reading something. Okay, this was written in this mindset, in this cultural mindset. Uh, even reading the Bible. You know, you can tell. Okay, this was definitely not originally written in English. Yeah, and you it's, you look through like KJV, which is a more you know older yeah. translation. It's like whoa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so if you, many if different. You, if you read a translation that's not been like squished in the English, message. Yeah, the message. The message. <laughs> it's like softened and yeah. Into or like looking at you know we know limited Latin, so we can look at the Vulgate and look. Holy cow, this is totally different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, which honestly, as I think we've talked about before, the beauty of translating the Bible into different languages is you get all these different nuances um, yeah. on the Word of God, and so you get just a better understanding of it. Yeah, not only also, do you get nuances from English, which people dedicate their entire lives to, you also get nuances exponentially yeah. more in other languages. So it's just Latin, like it creates Greek. all these different parallels. It's yeah, crazy. it's great. Yeah, um, one thing I wanted to add yeah. uh, about the whole languages having different feels depending on the culture. English, I feel like it just takes so much from other things that it just kind of varies. Sometimes it feels really smooth, and other times it's a little more jagged and yep. edgy. Yep, it's more it's more like a jack of all trades. Yeah. yeah, sort of language. I mean, if you look at Spanish, you look at Spanish singing and songwriting. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's amazing! It's such a beautiful language, right. but it doesn't do other things quite as well. Like it's yeah. very flowery, but not quite. Like I do like English. English. I, um, I think there are a lot of. Yeah, I'm kind of partial to it myself. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm not saying that just because, you know, oh, I speak English or whatever. And, I, of course, I'm not a great scholar in other languages. Um, but it's – and I do like the way in which English is able to, like, bring a lot of cultures together yep. and uh, use all these different things. And so you can use Spanish words and Latin phrases and um, Italian words and, uh, I mean, you know, just bring all these things uh Together. That's what I love about English. I mean, I think that and then even the type of English varies mm -hmm. between cultures, like American yeah. English and British English. Yeah, it has the a same, totally different but different. Feel. Yeah, right. Canadian so. English. Yeah, it's a different mindset. It's a different. There's a different culture, Canadian which is where the, the mythos plays silly. into things. The philosophy mm -hmm. is just. It's actually just Midwestern English. <laughs> like the difference between a true Midwesterner and a and Canadian a, isn't that much. No, you, it's just the maple syrup. Now it's a, there's a big difference between a southerner and a New Yorker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. No, they're identical. What are you talking about? Okay. But exactly. It is same. interesting that the personal touches on things can absolutely affect the nuances of literature, and in that way, completely shape the view of the entire book. Right. It's interesting. It's just different flavors yeah. of the same thing. You know that's why literature right. is important is because it's a personal experience, boiled down to something that everybody can read. 
Yeah. Like, I think that's the core of it. Yep. Or not even just boiled down. It's kind of a... I think it's, it's sometimes it's less of a taking something and then reducing it to something. Mm-hmm. That's actually a sign of a bad author who takes something beautiful and then shrinks it down Shrink. for someone to understand. A good author will take, will take someone um, who doesn't understand and they'll bring them in to mm-hmm. the beautiful. I think, um, I forget who said it, but it was, you know, a fool fits small ideas into big words and uh, a genius fits big ideas into small words. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a great... Um, I messed up the quote, but hey. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think... And the way literature affects us all um, is... No, it's a foot. <laughs> They're feet. <laughs> My siblings are spy. Um, feet hanging over the edge of the couch. Yeah, no, the, the way uh, language and... Uh, not language, literature. The way literature affects all of us is very important because it exposes us, kind of like what we're doing with this podcast, it exposes us to other people's ideas and it um, exposes us to different um, ways of thinking about things and different things to think about, different uh, priorities, different mythoses, as we said, you know, different cultures place different significance on different things. And so it gives us a more well-rounded um, mindset. Um, and it allows us to kind of just broaden our perspective of God and creation and just make, it makes us more well-rounded people as well. Just we have a, we're less naive. We have more of a, foundation with which we can uh, build off of. The right lives. is to understand, right? You have to understand yeah. something that you're writing about, right? Yeah, it or it gives you a greater... It does help. It, it does help. Helps. Although some people do try to write things they don't understand. It yes. does help. We can tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Thinking about examples. Um, we talked about the Bible, but... Um, examples of what? Other literature, we, we mentioned Booker T. Washington and the Bible and things like that. I don't think um, we mentioned Booker T. Washington since you started. No, we did. Well, we did. We yeah, mentioned, mentioned it at the beginning. Uh, um, like, other literature is, like, personal takes on stuff. We mentioned Mein Kampf. Yeah, right? I, I guess we could talk about, like, just the less specifics, but also just, like, the, um, the expanse of literature, why so many people um, write stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of... Junk out so there because we could probably talk about that next episode. One thing that the, we have, well, I want to kind of tie it One thing it. that we have talked yeah. about, like in class, actually, I think we talked about yeah. how uh, Animal Farm mm-hmm. was uh, received in the culture around the time that it was published. We might have talked about it on the episode. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. it was like right after World War II or in that general area. So everyone was pro Russia because the Russians were helping us defeat the Germans. Right. So no one wanted to publish his anti-Russian book that was against the Soviets and the communists. But then after uh, the war and people realized, okay, maybe uh, the Soviets are going to be our enemy now, then the book was well-received and it it sold a ton of copies. It It served as a warning as to what communism is, what socialism can turn into, what and communism That even kind of shows just how the culture changes even over short times, too, because yep. we went from really accepting of Russia and what they stood for to yes. now 
Well, I feel like in wartime, it's a lot easier for, like, government to manipulate public opinion on That's, things. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone's passionate about the war, so you can just say, hey, these guys are the good guys, these guys are the bad guys, and everyone's like, you got okay. it. That's why it's dangerous to uh, let your emotions take control, because then if you, your emotions become a master, then you and a lot of people can use that to their benefit. Which is a good point to remember in political issues, but yep. that's a tangent. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I like the idea of next episode talking about why people make fiction. Like, what's the appeal fiction, of fiction? That's a good idea. Um, I mean, honestly, actually, that's kind of already covered by the Stories Are Sold Food podcast by the Andy Wilson brothers. I'd recommend you you all listen to that because whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't you, recommend other podcasts. No, on I'm podcast. I, I'm going to do that because Please. it's a really good podcast. If you like listening to us, you're gonna love listening to them better because they're. Know, more professional. More than we're very but professional. We play with Legos while uh, we record. Yeah. I dropped <laughs> yes. my ball. <laughs> uh, yes. yeah. I, I do want to thank you. Um, no, yeah, I, I highly recommend that. Andy Wilson is a uh, author of uh, children's fiction and also a uh, screenwriter as well. So I recommend you check out that podcast because he has a lot of re- really good thoughts on fiction. Um, in particular, I—I I mean, I think it'd be fun to touch on touch on that, some, but uh, that's the best source for that. Um, so he talks about how, you know, why our imaginations are important and things like that. Um, yeah. uh, what's our time? Um, uh, thirty-five minutes. Okay, so the last thing yeah. I, I just want to touch—we uh, should probably touch on—is the, uh, um, the landscape of globalization today, like, um, Whoa. less. Um, we we are becoming decreasingly a world of boxed off cultures. It's there's this very um, large scale um, interconnected world right now, and so different cultures from across the world can bleed into cultures uh, somewhere else. Which is amazing. The internet but comes at a price. Right. Yeah, I I mean I think it's a good thing. I'm all for globalization. I think it's good to have. You hear that? Osborne supports a one world. Uh, yeah! One world nation. <laughs> Osborne's the Antichrist. Oh no. my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's a good thing that we learn from other cultures. I think it's um, good not to destroy individual cultures. Yeah. We need to not become isolationist. But, um, no, I think it's good to have distinct cultures because that brings out different nuances every culture is going to have their strengths and weaknesses and um, benefits in one way that come at the cost of other things and so to have uh, all sorts of cultures that complement each other that just gives us a better standard of the world Um, and it's ironically but just how the way things go the more our culture the world culture is becoming globalized, the more we're actually becoming individualistic, which is interesting because we have, we tend to box ourselves off from everyone else. Yeah, if you look, if you look at what's happening in our culture now, everyone's just creating, like, this is my identity, I'm sticking with it, and we're boxing ourselves into, okay, here's yeah. my box, here's your box. And even though it's all globalized, the bigger that we're getting, the more cultures we're bringing in, people yeah. are wanting to section it off. Yeah, and I'd say that just going into, um, as reading literature from other cultures, and whether that's another person or 
another nation um, or language. I'd say just keep in mind, um, first off, be open-minded. Um, be willing to have your mind stretched and uh, grown and think outside of your cultural box. Uh, second, I'd also say um, when you're uh, dealing with um, other people who uh, think differently from you when they have different philosophies and stuff, do not ever make the mistake that so many people do and just say, okay, the reason that they do things differently than me is because that's just the way they do things. Mm. That's, that's, I, I hear that all the time from people. They're like, oh, that's just the way they do things. No. There are such a thing as bad cultural practices and good cultural practices. Not um, racism, just culturism. Exactly. And so you need to have your mind open. You can't just be like, well, it's, it's their culture, so we're going to be accepting of their culture. No. Your culture should be scripture and Christianity and everything else gets measured by that standard. And you can have a lot of variation, actually infinite variation within the Christian yeah. culture. Osborne's calling for theocracy. Ah, <laughs> ah. Yeah, it's interesting uh, but, to think about. Yeah. We have to have our identity first in Christ and then mm -hmm. to a culture or to a country right. or to all of these things. It's, it's very interesting, and that's something that's really important, right. especially nowadays, the identity politics, yep. the uh, whole uh, focus on identity. Right, I am this and this and this and this and this. This is who I am. Exactly. Right. This this is who I am is one of the most dangerous and impactful statements that someone can make. Oh yeah. This no. is who I am. Uh, I think yeah, it's, um, it's not a bad thing to say. No. Oh, this these are this is where I came mm -hmm. from. These are my identities. Of course. But but to you, say that that defines you. Yeah. Is different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think you're more than just. Oh, I'm Irish, like every white person is. <laughs> Irish or German? Don't One make of those. Flip a coin. Usually both. I'm Irish, yeah. so I'm allowed to lose control of my anger and uh, yeah. have problems, struggle with alcohol. I, I forgot Same. where I was what going with that because I made that joke. Yeah. Scottish, you're allowed to crude language. Alex and... distracted himself. <laughs> Good job. Um, but yeah, just don't. Always think about okay, why is this person? What's that's why I thought it was rel very relevant to bring up the whole uh, mythos behind the, the mythologies behind every culture. Every culture has a mythology, and just to keep that in mind is, or to look into what a person's mythology is, it's very very important because no one just does things just because. Uh, no, it, society would be so unstable, well, and everyone would feel so insecure if, the, oh, the reason that everyone is doing this is just because it's the way we do things. No one would buy that. There is always a mythology. So why there's do we, always a want. There's, why do we do this cultural root, practice? Oh, it's because we believe. Yeah, there's that. a root reason that people are doing things. Yeah. And sometimes people don't know why it is that they're doing things. But right. if you dig deep enough, you'll find, okay, mm -hmm. 400 years ago this happened, and this is why they do right. this. So. Right. Yeah, so it's just like um, when God tells the Israelites to, the reasons for doing the Passover, and he says, do the Passover... And your children are going to ask you, Mom and Dad, why do we do it this way? Why do we do this Passover feast? And yeah, you say, oh, why do because we yucky the stuff? angel of death passed over us. We eat the bitter herbs because it reminds us of the bitterness of slavery in Egypt. And the, and lamb, and the blood of the lamb. Unleavened bread because we um, had to eat it and get out, out, get out of there as fast as we could. Um, and the lamb, reminder of the blood of the lamb over yeah. the doorpost that saved us from the angel of death. And so there's this whole mythology, and that 
when I say that's a mythology, I mean a founding story. I don't mean it's a myth as in it's fake. Christian, that, that didn't work <laughs> out. That, sorry. <laughs> he was I, about to say something so funny and then he just failed. Yeah, I, I got Christian, I think we've established the whole idea about culture style. Yeah, we so, are at 41 minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, anything else you want to say? Not much. I like the idea of yeah, I think yeah. Good. not our next episode, but at least some. Future a, a, an episode, episode in the future. future. Yeah. yeah, episode in the future. All right, um, let us know what you guys think. Yeah, please, please give us feedback. Us give us ideas. Email. Please make Ooh. sure you yell at Osborne for him uh, being a theocratic dictator of the world. Yep. Or that he's asp- he's aspiring to be a theocratic dictator. Or send in applications so, if you want to be part of this uh, new yeah. one, <laughs> one world he's, nation. All he's right? looking for a, uh, a treasury department, and he's looking for a cult following. So yeah. A, a Ministry of Treasury. Just look it up at OsborneNation.com. <laughs> I, I, Osborne I'm starting Nation. to go fund me where you can send all of your <laughs> donations to my cause. We <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> One World Nation. We do accept Bitcoin, but if well, you we pledge one thousand dollars, you will get a bonus packet of my merch. Yeah. <laughs> one one <laughs> that just says you wasted your money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. See well, y'all. Hope you later. enjoyed our ramblings once again. Yeah. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.